This week, Constantine 3P. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperor's Hotel's Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, breaking all of the Emperors from Augustus to Constantine 11. And this is episode 97. Constantine 3B. What? <laughs> you seem very confused. Yeah, where's 3A? We've already done 3A, Jamie. Constantine 3. We've done Constantine 2. And we did Constantine 3. So why shouldn't he be Constantine 4? No, I explained this at the time, but it was about a year ago we recorded this episode, so I will forgive you for forgetting. I barely remember last episode, let alone. Well, before we, we go into his name, a uh, quick correction from last week. Cue the music. Oh, what what do we do? It, it wasn't you, Jamie, it was me. Yes! I'm taking full responsibility for this one. The coin at the end of the last episode. Right. Remember, we had two coins, and I yeah. said, this one's unusual, I've only found one of him depicted like this, and he had that brilliant beard. Miraculous, yeah. Yeah. Amazing beard. And you were very excited about the beard. Yes. Yeah, I, I was very excited. We were both excited well, yeah, about we, the beard. Yeah, I gave him a ten, you gave him a nine. So. Yeah. Turns out, that coin wasn't Heraclius. What? Yeah. Now, I got the image off an auction site, so I figured they'd know what they're talking about. This wasn't just like Google images. Yeah, yeah. This was like a real auction site that I was finding this off. Uh, but no, as I've done more research, the more I'm convinced that was a coin of his grandson, Constance II. So. Well, he'll score highly. Yes, he definitely will. But what about Heraclius? Because he's, he's in the lead. But not by many points. So, um... We need to redo his score. I think we do, because yeah. I'll be honest, I scored him mainly on that impressive beard. Yeah, okay, but don't worry, because I have another coin here. Ooh, okay. Because my first thought was, right, we clearly need to redo this and have yeah. a look at it. But then I found another coin of him. Are you sure? And this is definitely, definitely him. Right. And although his beard isn't as good... It's still a pretty damn good image. So there you go. This is a coin of Heraclius again. What the hell's going on? Well, he still has a mightily impressive beard. He's, Look at the tash. He's just got an amazing tash there. It's it's, it's for a handlebar. It's it goes further out of his face than his face is in length. It's it's wider than his face. This whole head is long, isn't it? Yeah, it's an impressive moustache. Wow. So we can use this to judge Heraclius. Well, okay, the beard isn't as impressive. Yeah. The the tash is just as impressive. Yeah, it right? is. I, I think that's eight-worthy. Yeah, I, I will drop slightly, but I'm not going to drop much. I'm going to give him an eight as well. Okay. So that gives him an imago-facial score of four. So divide by four is... No. Y yes. <laughs> and that means he now has a new total of 538 which is fine. That means he's still in the lead. Aurelian's oh. on 52.13. Right. But it's now easier for someone else to catch up. Yeah, okay. So there you go. With that slight uh, slight knock to Heraclius there, uh, we can now continue with today's episode. Yeah. Constantine 3. You're going to have to explain this. Right. I'm sure this will all come back to you soon. <laughs> um, we've already had Constantine 3. He ruled from 409 to 411. He declared himself emperor in Britain. Just yes. This is when Honorius was around, and he's printing his own coins to be really on his side. No, no, no. you're you're thinking of um, the guy with Aurelian, Not the Aurelian. guy with Diocletian. Diocletian. Yeah, yeah. 
No, th- this was yet another general who declared himself emperor in Britain. Okay. This is during Honorius's time. And Constantine III came over. He was declared co-emperor with Honorius. But then Constantius III, who wasn't emperor at the time but was working for Honorius, sieged Constantine III in Arles. Right. Still getting a blank face. Maybe you'll recognise this bit. <clears throat> Constantine III had a very short episode, which was just him in Arles, right. watching the army trying to siege him be destroyed by the <gasps> incoming Constantius III. And he's waiting III. for help. Yes, and then his help arrives, and that's destroyed by Constantius yeah. III. Then Constantine bishops himself. Yeah. Constantius III then promises him safe passage back to Ravenna, but Constantine III tragically slipped on his own sword during the journey attempting to put his tent up. Mistakes happen. Yeah, so there you go. That was Constantine III. Right. And at the time, I mentioned, well, he is quite often considered not an emperor. We included him because he was declared co-emperor by Honorius. So, by our rules, he was an emperor, but he's quite often not counted. That means that when we get to this point in history, where we get another Constantine, they name him Constantine III, sort of. We'll get into that in a bit as well. Anyway, so, we're just going to call him Constantine III-B. Fair enough. Yes. Incidentally, the original Constantine III scored the high, high score of 2.75. Ah. Yeah. So he's got lofty heights to reach for. Yeah, we'll see if this Constantine III can um, match that. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. Constantine III, and it's time for something we have not done for a very long time. <gasps> what? It's family tree time. Yay! So, you ready to draw your family tree? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Last week we looked at Heraclius. Do you remember he had a wife that yes. he did not get to see until he took over the capital? Yeah. He had his wedding on the same day that he took Constantinople on. So that's Eudocia. So put Heraclius and Eudocia happily married together. Yeah. You've just written their names. Where are their faces? Oh, yeah. I'm disappointed. Heraclius has his massive moustache but no beard. Oh, yeah. He's got a beard now. Okay. Excellent. Right. So they are happily married. They have a son. And his name is... Take a wild stab in the dark here. Tom. No, no, it's not. Son Tony. Of, son of Heraclius. Oh, Heraclius. Yeah, there we go. His, he, he is Heraclius. He is known to history as Heraclius Novus Constantine. And he is known to us as Constantine 3B. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this, this is our emperor for today's episode. All right. So there you go. Parents and a child. Then, if you remember, Eudocia dies really quickly into Heraclius's reign. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that woman spits on her corpse and she's burnt alive. And yeah. Fun funeral. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Entertainment for all. <laughs> Heraclius is single. And what what better thing to do when you're, you're single, you're a new bachelor, than hit on your niece and then marry her. Mm. Yeah, so he... So he's got a brother with a daughter who marries the... Yeah, we'll get into that a bit later. But for now, just know that Heraclius marries Martina, his niece. People are looking slightly scared. And they have several children, but the one we need to focus on now is... Guess what he's called? Heraclius? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Constantinus Heraclius, known to history as Heraclonus, Heracleon. Heraclius too, or many other names. He's just got lots of different ones. We're going to call him Heraclonus. All right. So, just to sum that up very quickly, 
The Emperor Heraclius has two sons with two different women. Oh. One, Constantine III. Yeah. And the other, Heraclonus. Heraclonus. Yes. Jumping ahead here slightly, but just so it's clear in your head, when Heraclius dies, he's got these two sons. Yeah. Constantine III B is 28, and Heraclonus is 15 years old, and both are vying for the throne. Ooh, okay. So let's find out what happens, shall we? Constantine III B was born in May 612. This is just after Heraclius took the throne off focus. So yeah. he was born into the purple, as they say. He was very quickly groomed to be his father's successor uh, in an act that was designed to reinforce the idea that a new dynasty had been formed. Yeah. And when I say quick to uh, be groomed, he was named co-emperor at the age of one. His policies must have been terrible. <laughs> Terrible if you were like most people, but if you were also a one-year-old, you were probably just really grateful that finally someone was uh, speaking That's true. for your age group. That's true. You've got your representation yeah, exactly. for the first time possibly. A voice that's very underrepresented in, in the royal family. Then at the age of five, so a good career this, he was made consul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's quite impressive by yeah. the age of five. He's already done a lot. He's seen a lot. And that's about all we know of his early life. Um, mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, we know that he was there during the siege of Constantinople. Uh, he was 14 years old at that time when the Avars came with the Slavs and sieged the city. We don't know what he did during the siege, but he was described as acting brave. Means he didn't quite cry. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was lots of the young girls around, so he's just trying to impress them. So, oh, I'm not scared. Yeah, I'm not scared. As soon as they yeah. run away, they're like, oh, <laughs> I'm not scared. Or maybe it was not. Reckless 14, he thinks he's invincible. Yeah. And he stood on the walls just shouting at the A-bars, come on then! Maybe you think you're on? And so he just pulls it out just in time. Yeah, just as an arrow streaks past yeah. where he just was. Yeah. Maybe he clipped his chin. Damn Acted bravely slash irresponsibly. Yeah. Acted like a 14-year-old. <laughs> yes. Then about three years later, at the age of 17, he gets married to a young woman about his age named Gregoria. Now, she was the daughter of Nicetus, who we came across last time. Do you remember there was a man who raced Heraclius to the capital to take it over? Yeah. Heraclius was given a small fleet, and Nicetus was given a camel with a concrete block strapped to its <laughs> leg. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's still around. Uh, he, he took over Egypt, remember, and he, okay. he's been ruling Egypt, and how he's got a 17-year-old daughter. Oh. So who better to get married? Do you wait to worm your way into the royal family? Well, he's already in the royal family. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a nephew, I think, of the elder Heraclius. So this is more, this is more direct, though. Yeah, strengthens his ties. Exactly, it's keeping it in the royal family. It's a, a, a good, solid royal wedding. Over the next few years, Constantine III and his new wife have a couple of sons and at least one daughter. Oh. Just uh, put a box around one of those sons. I've just written the word sons. I put son one, son two, yeah, and son. Two will be all the box around. Okay, you probably should have bought Sun One. Ah! But, uh... Should have said. <laughs> like an idiot now, Rob. Oh, I've lost two lines. Ah, oh. carry on. Right, you sorted your notes out now. No, not quite, but carry on. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, it's okay. fine. Right, so fine. he's got some children. Yeah. Now, Constantine, as firstborn son of the emperor, would have thought that his ascension to the throne was certain. I mean, who else is going to be emperor but him? Yeah, and he'd been groomed, so... Yeah, exactly. He's been co-emperor since he was one years old. I mean, mm. come on. Yeah, so he would have just been living the life of the heir apparent, raising his children. But there was one thing that troubled him. His stepmother and 
also technically his cousin, Martina. So Martina and uh, Heraclonus. Well, yes, Martina had a number of children with Heraclius, the eldest being this Heraclonus. Now, out of the nine children that Martina had, four had died in infancy. Oh, good. One was deaf and dumb, and the other was born with a twisted neck, apparently. Yeah, people said that that was all due to the incest. This was God's punishment. Or he was an owl. Maybe. Maybe an owl. Basically not good genes. No, not great genes. Um, but enough children got through. If you've got nine, then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone's going to catch in the net eventually. <laughs> yeah. So the eldest son, Heraclonus, uh, he seemed fine. Constantine would have been very aware that his stepmother had plans. Now, the war with the Persians was won. Mm. Heraclonus wins that. Then news comes of the Arab raids. And then the realisation that this raiding was actually an invasion. It would appear that Constantine, by this point, was with his father in Antioch. But he had grown into a sickly man, had poor Constantine. He was suffering, perhaps, from TB. Oh, no. Yeah. My granddad had that. Had half his lung removed. Oh, dear. In, like, the 1950s. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Now we just say, you know, pills, I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't don't know. Don't go near pigeons. You know, I did not know until uh, I was doing my research, that tuberculosis was referred to as consumption. Oh, is it? Most of history. I never realised those two things were the same thing. No, I didn't know. No. I just learned something. Yeah, yeah, That's the first time this podcast I've learned something about. Thank you. There we go. Episode 97. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Look forward to episode 186. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) That's some quick math there, well done. I made up the number. No, 894. (laughs) It would be. (laughs) Okay, your maths was quicker um, anyway so uh yeah he didn't have half his lung removed uh, maybe he did that's why so sickly <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just did. a cough maybe it was a cough overreacted a bit apparently he did need regular medical attention at this time in his life oh. anyway constantine and his father returned to the capital once they realized that the east has pretty much fallen remember heraclius at this point refuses to cross the river yeah. he's starting to go a little bit insane so instead, he sent his two sons across to represent him in the games. So the 28-year-old Constantine and the 15-year-old Heraclonus travel together to the Hippodrome, and they're, they're the royal presence. Yeah. We have no record on how well they got on with each other. Guessing not great. Overly polite. Yeah. Really. You first, I insist. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 you must go first. Well, actually, I insist. Heraclonus is still a teenager, so maybe this is all just above him. He just doesn't care. care. Yeah, yeah. fair point. He's just got his headphones in, not really paying attention to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Using that Snapchat thing, whatever it is. Yeah. So anyway, the two of them are in Constantinople a lot, being the official face for the royal family. Meanwhile, across the Bosphorus, Martina was working on her husband because she managed to convince him that he should change his succession plan. Yes, obviously, Constantine, your eldest son, should be the emperor, but so should Heraclonus. Because I'm alive. Yeah. And that witch isn't. (laughs) Yes. Well, you can certainly see why Martina would be doing this. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, If Constantine becomes the emperor, then she loses all status. Whereas if her son becomes co-emperor, she'll still be very important in the royal court. Yeah, she gets to live in the castle still. Yeah, so, I mean, it's self-preservation here. And it works, because shortly afterwards, Heraclonus was crowned co-emperor to the fury of Constantine. But isn't he already co-emperor anyway? Yeah. Or has he been... He's 
Constantine's co-emperor already has been pretty much all his life, so he's fully expecting to become the next emperor. At so, no point did he think he was going to have to share the title with his little half-brother. I was going to ask if he's being shared or has he just been, you know... Yeah, no, now it's being shared. It's fired. Yeah, and this was done just in time from Martina's point of view because shortly afterwards Heraclius died. The empire is now under the rule of two emperors once more. It's, it's reassuring to know that though because as we've known from the amount of times we've done this podcast and the years we've been looking through the emperors and their successes and failures, having two emperors always, always works. It's such a good idea. It's fantastic. So let's see how well it goes this time. Yeah, let's let's see. Yeah. Constantine found himself in a precarious position. Yes, he was seen by most as the senior emperor. He was practically double Heraclonus's age. He's also been the co-emperor for a very long time. He was also the son of Eudocia. The public had never really got behind Martina. They never liked this incestuous union. So they uh, they looked back fondly on the original empress. So um, there are some pluses to being Constantine and in his faction at this time. However, on the other time, Martina had been very busy and currently had a very strong alliance with the Patriarch of Constantinople. Anyway, once uh, Heraclius is dead and he's been buried in his tomb... The royal family made their way to the Hippodrome, and Martina and the Patriarch led the ceremony together. Martina gave a speech that led many to believe that she considered herself in charge. Ah. Yeah. I am the mother of Heraclonus, who was obviously too young to rule by himself, so I'll make decisions for him. Was, was Constantine there? Yeah. Do you think he just sort of frowned, tilted his head, looked a bit confused, looked at the person, his eye next to him, and going, what... She's yeah. saying the right... Picked up the understand. order of service, checked it a couple of times. I yeah. don't remember this being in the... Look, when we did the rehearsal for this, this this part wasn't in it. No, she's much more glowing and about me. <laughs> yeah. Not sure I like this. Still, don't, don't want to rock the boat. No. It's an important ceremony. So I'll let her finish. <laughs> God. Constantine wasn't the only person slightly confused by, by this speech. The crowd were equally a little bit confused, and notably cheered louder when Constantine's name was mentioned. So, uh, a bit of a smile there for Constantine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After the ceremony, Constantine met with his old friend, Philagrius. Big Phil to his friends. <laughs> who was perhaps the head of the treasury. I'm sure they knew whether he was at the time. That's uh, <laughs> been more lost in history. Ah, Phil, Phil, and what is it that you do? <laughs> I might be the head of a treasury, I'm not entirely sure. Well, Actually, that's Big Phil, he wouldn't speak like that, would he? It's true. What? what? Got swag. Dosh. Got swag. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he meets with Phil. We don't know what the conversation was, that's been lost to history, but we can speculate that it was perhaps a very frank conversation that went something along the lines of, you are very weak physically, look at you, you're literally coughing up blood as we speak right now. Yes, you have the backing of the people, but Martina has the backing of the patriarch, and therefore the church. He's not a friend. I, yeah, I think he is a friend. I think he's being he's honest, delivering some home truths oh, here. Well. Yeah, that's sad. Phil also perhaps informed him that Martina did not come across as the type of person who would just share power happily. In other words, Constantine, you're in danger. We need to sort something out here. After all, and this is the point that uh, I think it really kept dawned on Constantine he was in trouble, because Phil informed him that Martina had a secret fund that she could draw upon that had been put in place by the dead emperor. Ah. Yeah. That, that's worrying. That sounds a bit 
underhand. Yeah. That sounds like a coup fund to me. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, that's what it's called, sir. (laughs) Where is all this money? It's in the coup room, sir. It got installed last week. Full of pigeons, sir. So, what to do? Constantine lays out a couple of plans. Number one, he would go to Chalcedon. That's just across the water. Let's get out of the capital. Less likely I'm going to be assassinated. But before he did that, he did a couple of things. First of all, he went and chatted to some men high up in the army. Just in case anything happens to me, um, could you look after my children? His eldest child, that son one that you bought earlier, mm-hmm. Heraclius, obviously, would be in danger because he had a claim on the throne. So if I just suddenly happen to die, make sure you look after my son. Oh, and here's a big pile of money to make sure that you're happy enough to do that. Of course, sir. <laughs> Where did the big pile of money come from? Coup fund. Oh, the coup fund, yes. Oh, brilliant. He'd managed to confiscate the coup fund and give it straight to the army. Oh, I bet they love that. Yeah, (laughs) you can imagine Martina's face on the day she realised that happens. Oh, man. Check the bank balance. Damn it. That was my coup. It's saving up for that. Who's going to feed all those pigeons now? So, that was was the first thing he did. The second thing, uh, the Arab invasion of Egypt was kind of taking place. You remember Heraclius mm. on his deathbed learned that Alexandria was about to fall. So, Constantine sent a man named Cyrus to go and take over there and reinforce the city. Oh, name like Cyrus, he's going to do well. Exactly. Good old Cyrus. Yeah. You don't mess with people called Cyrus. No. Yeah. Silent type. Yeah. But very good. Yeah. Brooding, but he knew how to handle a sword. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not the pointy end. <laughs> he did things with the pointy end. Oh, many dark things. <laughs> yes. But he wouldn't talk about them. He wasn't that kind of guy. No. No. So anyway, Cyrus was sent off to Alexandria to reinforce the city. And the final thing Constantine did before moving to Chalcedon was to pay his father a visit. Um, dead one? Yeah, the dead one. Oh. Yeah. He visited where he had been buried. Yeah. In a marble sarcophagus. Nice. Yes. What's standing there, guards around him. He needs guards at all times. He knows he's in trouble. A, a silence descended upon the group. Respects had to be given. Constantine then ordered the guards to remove the lid. I imagine <laughs> your response was the same as the guards. Oh, sorry, sir? <laughs> I beg your pardon? The lid. Take it off. So the guards all push and shove, and eventually the heavy marble lid to the sarcophagus is opened. And there is a very decomposing Heraclius. Nice. We're about three months on at this oh, point. Oh, it's all green and yeah. gooey. At this point, Constantine reaches in and takes a jeweled diadem from the head of his father. I'd like to think starts whistling and then walks out. <laughs> oh, and replace the lid. <laughs> yeah, he either really liked the diadem or was very angry at his father for naming Heraclonus joint emperor. We... So... So it could be an element of post-life... Revenge. Revenge, yeah. Yeah. It's either revenge or it's like, but I, I wanted that diet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just really wanted it. I, I'm guessing this was a bit of revenge on his father, who he felt had betrayed him before death. And you'll look silly now. Ha, ha, ha. I win. Yeah. So he leaves the final resting ground for his father, coughing a little bit as he goes, <laughs> and heads off to Chalcedon. He was dead within days. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Begging the obvious question here, the age-old question, TB or murder? Ooh. Which feels like it should have its own theme tune. Murder, murder. 
Um, yeah, I mean, he was apparently a basically person. Yeah. Uh, but maybe Martina managed to poison him. With TB. Well, <laughs> the irony. TB squared. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we just know he died very shortly afterwards. There you go, that is the reign. The gripping reign of Constantine 3B. Um, yeah. Should we rate him? <laughs> All right. Fightius Maximus. Okay, Fightius Maximus. Um, nothing recorded. He was noted for being brave during the siege, though. Maybe he helped out there. He was 14. Meh. Yeah. Give him one for being part of the siege? You can give him one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give him one for being part of the siege. That is I'm one not. for Fightius Maximus. Approvium Crazium. Um, he did break open his father's tomb, probably out of spite. That's quite cool. Yeah, I can't give much for that, though. No, I, I think two. I'm only going to give one for that. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I quite like that. Okay. It's something I'd like to do. <laughs> Does your father have a diadem that you've got your eye on? I'll give him one before he goes. <laughs> Just so you can take it back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, how Roman. <laughs> While drinking wine and wearing a toga. Okay, that is three then. For Approvium Grazium. Success ultimate. On the face of things, this isn't really his round. None of them have been. But uh, I don't know. If you consider how long he ruled, he did actually attempt to set up some defence for Alexandria. He also managed to discover a coup attempt against him and use the very funds that were being used against him to fund the army so they'd support him. Would we count that as political fighting? Because that's not emperor. That's not like empire success, is it? That's just more... Oh, so you, are you saying this should go under fighting? I think so. That's, poli- to me, that's political fighting. That's, that's quite savvy. I hadn't considered that. Okay, let's go back to Fightius Maximus then. How's that? Fightius Maximus! Right, we're back. Okay. Yeah. I do we're, like this room. Yeah, this, the Fightius Maximus room is starting to look quite good now. All yeah. the swords and the shields and the heads. Yeah, that's nice. Anyway, so what, what do you think? Because um, that, that's actually quite savvy. Yeah. I, I'm not going to give him loads now, but I, it's going to be more than zero. Right, I think okay. three. Oh, you're going up to three. So yeah, I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite impressed. I'm going to um, I'm going to add a point on, so I'm, I'm only going to go to two. That's five. That's five. Right, mm. okay. Right, back into Crazium Room. Approvium Crazium. Oh, God. <laughs> and also, we didn't need to come here. We don't need to change this round. It's a tunnel. We have to go through the... That's a good point. Okay. We can't just jump from one to the other. We have to walk our way through. <laughs> Onwards. Success ultimate. Right, here we are, back again. So, we'll discount that then. That's that's Phytius Maximus, what we were just talking about. Instead, uh, what did he do for the Empire? Well, he sent Cyrus off to try and defend Alexandria, and that was about it. Um, But Um, he also, because you told me to box his son one, so that tells me he will be Emperor, and he's assured his safety. Yeah, he has put in place a succession plan for his son. Which which is good. Which is better than Constantine the Great did. (laughs) Well, he did have a succession plan. It was just one in an envelope labelled stupid. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, okay. I'm going to give him a point for his uh, succession plan. No, two points for his succession plan. And one point for... Oh, that seems quite high. No, I'm just going to give him an overall of two. I'm going to give him him two as well. I I think I agree with that. I think for the time he was emperor, he managed to pack in a surprising amount. Yeah. Yeah, he, he attempted to defend the Empire, spotted a coup attempt and put it to rights, and he came up with a succession plan. 
Yeah. Okay. Image of Theseus. Right, well, you've already seen him. Because at the start of this episode, I showed you a coin of Heraclius with his two sons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so back to that coin. Uh, it's not really clear which one. I'm guessing the taller one. Three, but I'm guessing it's going to be the taller one. Yeah. Because he's slightly older. He's got slightly flicky hair at the side. Massive nose. That nose is huge, isn't it? Um, could fall on, that could fall on his face. Now, he's probably just the uh, the coin, but that looks like sideburns to me. Oh, <gasps> you're right. It's like Wolverine. Yeah. And the Wolverine hair as well. Well, wrong place, but, you know. <laughs> Floating head, though. What, no neck? Yeah. That is very common with emperors, isn't it? Uh, he's got lots of robes. I'm liking the detail on the robes. Mm. And he's got, holding his cross. You can t- you, can, you can tell with this coin, they, they started really confidently with all the robes and A's on that then had to rush the faces. <laughs> yeah. They probably spent most of the time on Heraclius' moustache. That's true. Yeah. It kind of dominates the coin, really, it does. doesn't it? It really um, does. It's all right. It's it's different because you've got the whole family there and we've not seen that before. Yeah, that's true. Um, he does have a massive nose, impressively so. I'm going to give this a five. I was thinking exact same as you. Yeah. Five. Okay. So 2.5 image of facious. Right. And how long did he last there? Can't decide. It was a couple of months or a year. Or in the middle. <laughs> Eight months. February 641 to May 641. Oh. And it's three months three. and a little bit. Um, yep. Yeah, so that gives him, if you put that through our calculator, a score of 0. 0.03. Oh, dear. Yeah. Gives him a total score of 14.53. There you go. Hands down beat the other Constantine 3. Yeah. Considering the other Constantine 3 actually fought in wars and stuff, I imagine the original (laughs) Constantine 3 will be a bit annoyed by that. Yeah. In fact, I think we have given more fighty points to this one than we did the other one. Well, it's subjective, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. I mean, considering how short his reign was. Even worse. He could have done worse. I mean, he was suffering from TB at the time. That's, that's true. He did that with TB. Yeah. I could never run an empire with TB. No. But of course, this does not mean that he has that certain something. I think it does. <laughs> yeah, well, let's find out. Let's yeah. travel to the Genesis art room. Well, actually, no, let's stand outside the room because we don't know if we can go in it yet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Do they have a certain Genesis art? Right. Okay. Yeah, that door's staying locked. <laughs> yeah. Are you not feeling this? I'm not feeling that. It's, well, there's nothing worthy of giving it to him for, is no, there? No, he's sadly forgettable. Yeah. The most memorable thing about him is that B on the end of his name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, then. So that is no Genesis are this week. And that's it. That's the end of our, our short episode. Mm. However... As I'm sure you may have realised whilst downloading this, there were two episodes released this week. Because, yes, we are about to do his half-brother, Heraclonus. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned for that, if you listen to a device that needs tuning. Don't forget, you can download it from Podbean, iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify as well. Now, yeah. You think? Um, Let us know if you do, because I don't don't, don't use Spotify. And uh, all that needs to be said, I suppose, is... um... (coughs) Blood. Don't worry. Just a cough. Goodbye. Goodbye. And here we have now our newly crowned emperor, Constantine III. I beg your pardon, Patriarch?
Um, Con Constantine three, four. Patriarch four, surely. I'm the fourth Constantine. Well, it says here on my script three, sire, and I believe that's correct. No, no, no. We've already had a Constantine three. I'm quite certain of it. No, not according to my poster. We haven't. But Constantine one, over here, Constantine two, and then nothing. No, no, we definitely had one. It was co-emperor with Honoris. It's all coming back to me now. Well, Siege of Arles? Not ringing a bell, sir. Good God, man, did you not go to school? School? No, I don't know what a school is. No, he definitely, he bishoped himself at the end. He was killed under oh, suspicious my. circumstances. Declared himself emperor in Britain. Oh, no, he's definitely, we've had three before. I am definitely Constantine IV. Can you tell the crowd, Constantine IV? So you're saying he claimed himself to be Constantine III? Well, yes. Did the other emperors agree to this? Yes, yes, Honorius definitely agreed. Ah, damn. Well, sire, the Mint are now unionised. The last thing we want from them is a strike, sire. What, what's that got to do with anything? Well, they've already minted the coins, and it'd be quite inconvenient to redo them, sir. What? You're just going to have to roll with it, sire. Constantine III, I'm afraid that's what you'll now be known as. Because you've already made the coins? Well, yes. I don't... But no, I, I will not go down in history as the emperor who had to share his name with someone else. Um, I don't think you're going to go down in history... And, uh, oh, oh, Martina, hello. Ah, Eric Clonus, nice to meet you. Is that, is that a bag of gold? From me? <laughs> oh, thank you. Onwards. <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> I'd say we're charming. 